Hey everyone, welcome to the Practica Podcast, where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm coming to you live, not quite live, but live from the uh, shed of David. He just throws me in a shed, he gives me a mic and a computer, throws me in a shed, and you know what? I'm happy. It doesn't it's take the, much. It's the simple things. You got to keep the bar low so that you are pleasantly surprised all the time. It's good, a good way to live. Good outlook, Josh. It's a good way. You know, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I try. David, how, how are you, my man? I am tired. Are you? Yeah. Has it been a long to, week? It, no, not so much a long week. I think just, man, weather, Washington weather's been crazy. That always affects my energy level. So You don't like the back and forth? I don't, man. Like when it snows in the in like the morning or evening or you know the next day is sixty great degrees. Then by it's the way, sorry. Morning and evening. Yes, yeah, it is. Sorry, by Spurgeon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. Good side comment there. Sorry. Couldn't help it. Um. Uh, but man, weather's been crazy lately. Like Sunday night, it was snowing. You know, earlier in the week, it was seventy degrees. It's all over. So that's kind of how my mood feels. Sorry, man. <laughs> From like sunny and happy yeah. to like, oh, I'm depressed. I definitely feel that. I, I just got back from Nevada. I saw a good friend get installed as a pastor. Nice. So that was a that was a good trip, but it was yeah. long. Is I'm also tired. And is he so in in Nevada where he's pastoring? Yeah. Is he pastoring with um oh what's what's Brian his Brian Borgman? Borgman. Oh, is yeah. he? Uh, I, th- yep, I thought absolutely. that's the photo I saw. That's super cool. It is. It is great I opportunity have for him. And man, that's um, awesome. Love Brian. Awesome dude. Good friend. Love Dwayne Daniel, once obviously. mentioned having Brian come preach at one point to get our people exposed a little more to the fire network. And yeah, I've read some of Brian Borkman's stuff and he's and solid. He is a, he seems like a fantastic guy. OG reformed Baptist man. Yeah. 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 Love, we need more of this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Well, you know what we don't need more of, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Jokes. Dad jokes. Okay. Dad jokes. And I, I, you know what? For our listeners here, I feel like I have to get this out because otherwise I'm going to be trying to not address the two elephants in the room. But we have, <laughs> we have, we have people here with us right now. We Josh are not- just metaphorically called you guys fat. <laughs> Takes one to know one. <laughs> okay. All right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like we have, we have Jaron and Colton in the office right now. Yeah. Which is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be fine. We're all going to behave ourselves. Or it's going to get super derailed. It's going to be super bad. Yeah. One of the two. Um, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing which which is which. <laughs> but I've got, I've, got a, I've got a joke for you here, David. Okay. You ready for this? Yep. David, did you know that I have a fish that can break dance? Only no. for 20 seconds, though, and, and only once. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> Sorry, I'm man, losing it. I think you laughed a few times on the way up with that one. <laughs> oh man, I literally just found it like five minutes ago. I was like, "Okay, yeah, you want yeah, to hear the one that I I prepared for you?" Oh, I, oh, oh, dude, oh, the, I get one this time. Yes, you I do. Feel so special. There's okay. a gal in our church who posts dad jokes, and she tends to only post the ones she finds the funniest. And so okay. she posted some well, good sh- ones. Shout out the name. Yeah, this is uh, out, Katie. Is Katie likes to share some. Katie, shout some, out Katie. Uh, some dad jokes online. Doing the so. Lord's work online. I love it. <laughs> so I uh, I grabbed this one because I thought it was funny. Um, the child asks um, their dad, Dad, can I eat the cake in the fridge? And he says, sure, but the dining room would probably be more comfortable. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, That's dumb, and I love children, it. Children, <laughs> let your parents explain that to you. That's right. That's right. Maybe yeah. literally. Maybe like, literally. Yeah. Put fridge. your kids in the fridge <laughs> with cake, <laughs> and then put them in the dining room and ask them. Yeah, which one which was is, easier? Which is more comfortable? That's right. So, David, uh, last week you were in First John. Yes, you have been just as we were this last week. Exactly. Exactly. Chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen, which Colton had to remind me at least twice. Yeah. Um, just because I've had a long week, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this passage. You're going to give us a short uh, description, synopsis, if you will. Lord willing. Of your, no, it will be short. It's well, be short. I mean, the writer of well, Hebrews got, at the we, end of Hebrews some, 13 yeah. says, you know, I've written to you briefly on these matters. So that is the pastoral week. Look at which large unquote, letters. Brief. Yes. By which large letters yes. I write to you. I write you. to you briefly. Yes, briefly. Yeah, well. Anyways. Uh, anyway, make it short. <laughs> make it short. We're already off the rails. Because we've got some good questions we that do. I think are actually going to probably take, actually I know, are going to take some time to answer. But yeah. they're solid questions. I really want to get to them. Right? Absolutely. So First John chapter 2, starting in verse 15 through 17, says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. Amen. So, why don't you uh, hop in to your exposition a little bit, and then we'll... uh, We'll just kind of you know go through the go through the verses and then hop into the questions. Certainly, yeah. Um, so as we looked at these verses, one of the things I tried to convey in the beginning was that this is very much connected to the previous uh, exposition that we had covered the week before and what we had talked about in the podcast on Christian maturity and John seeming to both address specific believers and specific stages for those believers in their Christian maturity. And so as as John often gives like comparisons, he, he seems to be here in 15 through 17 giving a comparison of here's what is a terrible hindrance mm. um, to the Christian walk. Here's what would be a hindrance to your maturity and your seeking to grow. And again, the false teachers of John's day were, were being very worldly and considering that of no matter at all. Uh, some of the heresies were very familiar with Greek philosophy and sure. really kind of going into some of the what was called Greek dualism. And so John was really concerned with believers thinking, I can claim to have relationship with God but I can also have a relationship with the world. And so that old statement that is often used, I can be in the world and of the world, whereas the Christian is called to, while they're in the world, not be of the world. So I really tried to walk through how we must not love the world because it's opposed to God and it doesn't seek to do his will. And yet John tells us the Christian is to uh, hate what God hates and to seek to do his will because they are those who abide in him. And so... In that, we really talked about some examples. I, I asked a series of, of questions that I felt were were really important. And one of the funny things is I, I do transcribe my notes, but at the same time, um, I sometimes kind of ask questions in the moment as, as they come to my mind. 
Um, and so, you know, it really asked, uh, you know, we, we often look at the world and think of the worst depraved side of it and kind of some of the things that are outside of us. Like, oh, that's so terrible, that 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 situation in that country or that 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 situation that the news is highlighting. But I asked, you know, what what about what we listen to, what we watch? What are, what are the things that are really of the world that we're kind of consuming and are negatively influencing us? Um, what about the things we call even Christian and yet have totally compromised and are not helpful to us? Um, and what about what we put in our minds, our hearts, what we feed our eyes and our pride? Um, something I didn't really get into a whole lot, but I think is valuable as we address some of the questions is that, you know, John is even talking about when you have such a love for the world, you become almost consumed then with worldly things and so possessions is a piece of of what is worldly where we're so we're not content with what the lord's given us but we just have this like lustful desire after things um and that tends to you know if that consumes our thinking and our actions and our affections and our finances then then if those things take the place of God, we're we're even getting as far as addressing idolatry. And so those were some of the things that we talked about. And, and I think the most important thing to resolve on in the summary and even how we go into the questions and, and have a concluding resolve for the listener is that we have to remember where John resolves in that section, which is, you are those who abide in God, seek to do his will. The world is not doing that. You are called to do that. And so I think that is an important piece um, to understand. If we are those who abide in the Father, then we also must be seeking to do his will. So that's really where it resolved. Are we loving the world? Are we loving God and his word? Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. No, I think it, it brings up... It brings up the question, which, which again is going to kind of lead in, lead into some of the questions we have too, is of this, this concept of what's called a carnal Christian, right? Right. It's literally one of the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is can can we live simultaneously as those that claim Christ as our identity, those that have been bought and paid for by His blood, while at the same time living in a way that follows the world's standards of morality, right? Calling what the world calls good, good, right? Um, and living in a way, ultimately, that worships ourselves and not Christ, right? And there was this big debate. Um, we were talking about it before the podcast. Back in the, I want to say it was the 80s. I think it was the 80s. The the whole lordship salvation controversy, right? That, sure. that uh, John MacArthur actually was very prominent in. And something that I actually think he did an, he did an excellent job at in shining the truth to this idea that there are so many in our world that want to be able to claim being a Christian without Christ being the Lord of their life, right? And yeah. he would ask the question, you know, is it, Christ might be your Savior, but is he your Lord? Right. right, you might count on him for salvation and your 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 ticket to heaven, right? But are you living your life in a way that submits to his will, right? right? That conforms to the image of him, right? Which means denying ourselves, picking up the cross that he picked up and following him, yeah, right. And it's it's this it's this 
this dualistic truth that we as Christians, we are sinners. We still sin, right? But the old man has been removed from us. We still wage war against it for sure, but we are no longer bound and held prisoner by it. Right, we yeah. have been, uh, we've been, we've been changed by Christ. Our natures have been, have been reversed. It has been, we, our heart of stone has been taken out and has been replaced with a heart of flesh, and we are simultaneously sinner yet justified. Right, which was a cry that came out of the Reformation with Martin Luther. Right, but it's understanding how those two things work together in terms of okay, I know positionally I am righteous and I am holy. Before right. God's eyes. Yeah. But in terms of the day-to-day life, that does not mean that now I can just live in a way that denies everything that Christ <laughs> died for. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, which I think is a very important conversation, especially when talking about practical application of Scripture. Uh, it doesn't get any more practical than this. <laughs> How yeah. do we live as Christians in this world that we live in? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, one of the things I had said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing myself here, but one of the things I had said in the exposition was essentially the Holy Spirit does not give faith to anyone who he also does not produce fruit in. You know, there's yeah. there's no yeah. such thing as remaining in in the flesh, living by the flesh. Paul deals with that in Romans. And so, you know, we have to understand the term carnal in its proper context. There's, you know, you mentioned the issue in the 80s. Well, even back in the 1900s, there was, you know, John Darby, who in Mm -hmm. his production of bringing about dispensationalism, taught to kind of distance Israel from the church. He had formed a teaching that that really the idea of a carnal Christian was someone who was saved outwardly but had no change internally. And so, you know, there are groups like Hal Lindsey and, well, that's not a group, but Hal Lindsey is one of the individuals. <laughs> He's a whole group. He's a whole group. <laughs> well, he has a whole group. But then, um, like, Campus Crusade really teaches that. You know, they have that little stool model where you have the circles. Oh, and, sure. you know, sure, the, sure. you know, with the little cross on the chair means, you know, there's the lordship section. But then the non-lordship section is where the cross is in the circle but it's it's below the chair and you're on the chair and there's a little person figure. And so the idea that you can have a carnal Christian, and I basically said in my sermon, that's an oxymoron. You cannot yeah. be both in the world and of the world if you are also saying, I'm in Christ. And so it was really the difference between how John was dealing with indwelling sin. Like, yes, there's the reality of sin in your life and you're still wrestling with it. But one of the assurances we have is that, you know, as I mentioned um, we we love the God we once hated and we hate the sin we once loved. Yeah. And that is a massive change. And so even when Paul is addressing the believers in Corinth, he's not saying, well, here's a new category, carnal Christians. He's saying you're yeah. acting in carnal ways. You're acting as though you're of the world, but you're not of the world. You are saints through the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're going to battle sin, but you have to do just that. You have to battle sin. And so... Well, Knowing that distinction, I think, is important. Oh no, hundred percent. And and it's it's um what I think is important to understand is that there are so many that utilize again cheap grace, right? They they see their salvation as a reason that sin may abound, right? And obviously, we know from Paul that we don't do that, right? Right. But in actuality, the fact that you have been saved from sin should be the greatest motivation not to sin. 
right? Because for the first time in your existence, once the spirit has changed your heart, you have the ability for the first time not to sin. And for the first time, the works that you do before the eyes of a holy God are no longer filthy rags. They're acceptable, pleasing offerings because Jesus is taking them and presenting them to his father, right? Like that, like for the first time, that's a reality for you, right? And to just throw that truth away and to be like, ah, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, I, thanks. Thanks for doing that. I'm just going to continue to live the way that I'm living. How dishonoring is that to our father yeah right we have been given all of this and we're going to despise it all and feed pigs in a pigsty yeah right um so salvation should be the greatest motivator to cease from sinning and to strive for the image of christ um and if you get those relationships as many do if you get that relationship twisted yeah it's a very good sign that you most likely don't actually understand what salvation is. And, mm. and and it's a hard truth, but it's something that we need to we need to realize <laughs> that true salvation results in true Christian living. Yeah. And when true Christian living is abandoned, we need to ask whether the salvation itself was legitimate. Yeah. I think one of the things then that brings up the brings up the other questions we've been asked is if we're if we're still in the world, yeah, uh, I mentioned the idea of having a dual citizenship. We are now first of the kingdom of God, and we are in the kingdom of the world. Sure, sure. Um, so if we have this dual citizenship, um, how do we be in the world, but not of the world? Yep. And how do we deal with the things that are of the world? Um, I'll become just become Amish. <laughs> I Wait, think, yeah. is, is that not speaking, the answer? Speaking yeah. of overcorrection, um, why don't we get yeah. into yeah. one of the questions? There's here, right? two yeah. questions that uh, really fascinated me because in 24 hours, these two questions were asked, and they're very similar. Nice. I think the ways in which they were asked differently is helpful, and so I can mention the second um, as we're talking. But the first yeah. one was, in light of Christians loving what God loves and hating what God hates, how should we view entertainment? If the goal of entertainment is to please man, how is it that we can do it with a right heart towards God? And they had said, I don't think we should live a joyless life, but I'm wrestling with understanding how it, especially media, can be participated in without glorifying myself over God's priorities for my life. Mm, yeah. I don't want to be legalistic and just cut out all TV, movies, Facebook, without dealing with the core issues. Right. That's a really good question. It's a great question. So I, I think one of the things that becomes really important when we ask this is, I mean, again, I had mentioned earlier, I think verse 17 is a is a critical one. Yeah. Those who abide in, you know, those who abide in, in God abide forever. Right. I think, one, there's comfort in that, but also they seek to do God's will. Yeah. They seek to do what pleases God. And so... We'll never, while in this life, we'll never be fully removed from this world. So we know right. perfectionism in the sinless sense is not possible. Right. Um, but there is this, you know, they ask the question based on what I said in, in light of Christians loving what God loves and hates what God hates. How should we view entertainment? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Josh? How do we view <laughs> entertainment? Yeah, that and th- that's a great question because, again, it's, it's a practical it's a practical thing we have to deal with, right? As Christians, right? right? And like you said, we can we can go one of two we can do go one of two routes. Well, one of three routes, but t- 
two routes are the extreme. One, we have no boundaries whatsoever. We engage in everything and everything. Everything's permissible. Everything's fine. Don't have any type of barometer whatsoever for anything that you engage in. We would have a massive problem with that. I'd say that is massively unwise, and you are going to very quickly spiral out of control in your sanctification, in your your spiritual life. Things are going to fall apart real quick, right? Right. On the other end of that, you have the joke that I made, right? <laughs> you have you have those like the Amish that, in a desire to remove themselves from the temptations of the world, um, you set up your own little you know, commune or pocket, right? Where everything's controlled and everything, there's no electricity, no influence whatsoever. Um, I do think that that is a, an overcorrection, as you said, right? Right. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? And we get into this realm of what we call conscience, right? And the difficult thing with this conversation, which is why it, it requires a long conversation, is that for different Christians, this is going to look differently, because it is a conscience issue. I think we have basic biblical principles that we that every Christian needs to follow, right? But when it comes to actually how does this look on a daily basis in terms of what I engage with in terms of entertainment, right? Let's just stick there. It's going to look different depending on who you are and depending on the conscience that you have, right? That again, a conscience that is informed by scripture not your opinion, not your desires, right? Yeah. So I am not going to lay down a hard and fast, this is how you need to do it, this is what it looks like, um, because I don't think I don't think we have the ability to do that <laughs> as, as believers, right? Especially to other believers. I think we have principles in Scripture, one being that whatever we engage in, we need to engage with it for the glory of God, right? Whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. That is a biblical principle and, I believe, mandate that Paul gives us, right? So you need to ask yourself one of the main questions for you as a Christian, is this thing, whatever it is, whether it be a movie or a TV show or music or, you know, fill in the blank, is this creating in you a heart of worship that is glorifying God through enjoyment, because enjoyment is a fantastic way that God has given us to bring him glory, right? He's given us good gifts, right? He made, he made things to be pleasurable on purpose, right? Because it gives him glory, right? And, right? and that's a good thing, right? But not all pleasure is good, right? right. And not engaging in all pleasurable things is God glorifying. So you right. have to ask that question first, and you have to be honest with the answer, Right? Can you make a case that this thing, whatever it is, is creating in me a heart of thankfulness and worship for the God that gave me this gift that I am engaging in? Yeah. Or is this merely pleasing my senses, my 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 desire to please myself? Right. Yeah. Um, That's a really good question. You know, so so that that I think would be the first thing. But here's where it gets sticky, right? And here's where it gets weird is. Your answer to that question could be different depending on the time for the exact same thing. Sure. Right? So like like you can engage in like let's say let's say you know you know individuals you know engage in alcohol or or, or smoking cigars or or you know something like that where at one point in at time you can engage in that and give God glory and it's fine. But if it takes hold of you and it becomes something that is 
that is that is a trap, not done in moderation, it ceases to be being done for God's glory, and it's being done for your own personal enjoyment, right? And your own your own your own gratification, and that's where wisdom and discerning and discernment has to come in. Yeah, it has to be a it has to be a constant question: Am I engaging in this thing for the glory of God, yeah. out of thankfulness for the gift He's given me, or am I engaging in this because it pleases myself? Yeah. You know, um, one of the things uh, Colton and I were talking about earlier was, you know, some of how we see, like, media towards children changing. You know, like, there's some of my favorite comedians when I've watched little comedy bits. um, I've noticed, like, there's a a joking about themselves. Like, man, here's the quirks. Here's the funny things I do. We laughed a few weeks ago about how I I mentioned, like, I always look angry, and we we poked fun at me about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had some good laughter, and even some brothers were like, man, that was really funny. I just love you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a few brothers were like, man, that was really funny. That was enjoyable. But there was no cutting one another down in that. No, 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 no. And so... That happens off the air. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing that I think is really hopeful. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 on Sunday. And again, I think a a really helpful passage there in verse 2 is when Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, Mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he's saying, here, test this out that you'll be able to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, again, like that causes us to have a because we've we've been uh, reconciled and redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we we are then being transformed by the renewing of our mind, which means we're not looking at at the things of this world as that which should capture our desire. So when we're thinking of matters of, you know, it, when it comes to the the issue of conscience in these things, yeah. I think to not fall into extremes of, of legalism or lawlessness, right. we really have to ask, how how should I then be viewing these things? Yep. How should, you know, again, I had mentioned when we were talking earlier about how I, I kind of always think of like four four categories when looking at something is this something that could, that needs to be rejected sure it is clearly of the world there's nothing good in it yeah is this something that can just be received as is and 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 in that i can i can partake in or mm-hmm. enjoy to god's glory so reject or receive and then or, or is this something to be redeemed taking it and then using it to god's glory right or even reforming it and I think, you know, again, we have to ask, what does that, you know, what we engage in, what we're focused on, what we value, do those things show the de- what, what God desires? Or are we doing things where we're like, it's, God won't mind. Right. A- and we're, we're really kind of taking a passive or lawless approach. And I think the key then is where John concludes, seek to do God's will. As we're, that's exactly Paul's point in Romans 12. And so you, you see that like, the 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 legalistic tendency is to you know as the question was asked um i believe the other one you know like not seeking to add to what god has said right and creating yeah. our own version of rules and laws but again i think that's where the ten commandments are a great exam example god beautifully gave um israel 
And he's given us in the new covenant an instruction on how to treat the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Mm -hmm. You see how Christ treated that in his earthly ministry, but then you also see how the Pharisees treated that with all the laws and rituals they added on top of it. Yeah, and and that's where you have to be careful is, again, in matters of conscience, right? Where one Christian could engage in something and be fine, the other can't, right? It's important that we are not creating laws— for other Christians and holding them to the same standards we hold ourselves, right? Obviously, we we have the standard of God's word that we all hold to, right? And that we are all called to spur one another on toward holding to, right? And I guess that's what yeah. I'm saying. God's moral law is not an issue of conscience. It's not. No, it never has been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be super clear. It's very on clear. That. We are talking conscience issues, right? Secondary issues, sure. That are informed by God's word, but are not explicitly spoken in God's word. Yeah. Right. And I do think, you know, the one of the ways the question was asked was, you know, I don't want to be joyless in my approach. Yeah, of course. Well, does yeah. does what you're consuming produce God-glorifying joy? Yeah. And there's a difference between think, joy and pleasure. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think pleasure can be part of joy. Absolutely. Right? But there there is a difference, right? Simply enjoying something is not the same as God-given joy. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, one of the ways that the, the, the second question that was similar um, was uh, worded, I think, can be helpful. In regards to your many questions in the sermon, focusing on being on guard with our consumption of worldly things and then knowing the fallen culture's use of the entertainment industry in teaching perversion mm. against God, how do we honor God when being entertained by media that does not honor him and assaults his holiness? Sure. And... At the same time, how do we guard against a legalistic spirit creating laws where God has not? How do we guard against lawlessness and legalism? You know, when you, I know we've talked a lot about conscience, um, like where it lies in matter matters of conscience. I also think walking alongside brothers and sisters in Christ is key. Oh yeah. Because, I mean, and, and not to just put a stamp of, of pitching the local church, but I think your your um, relationship and fellowship with one another in the local church becomes critical because if you see a brother that is that is valuing something that is clearly not a matter of conscience but a matter of him not being renewed in his mind and is going off into worldly things, then in grace and in truth, and please let us get that order correctly, mm-hmm. um, uh, we approach that and say, brother, isn't that a matter that is of the world. I think that keeps us from 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 a, a legalistic tendency is when we're held accountable to one another and really able to speak into one another's lives. Um, well, and, and don't do it void of your scriptural proof, right? Come with chapter and verse, which is very important, right? Is, is if we're going to confront somebody for living in a way that is not biblical, Let's not come to them simply with our interpretation or our opinion. Let's come with them. Let's 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 show them scripture. Right. Yeah. Right. This is where it is perceived that you're falling short. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew eighteen says if your brother sins against you. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a clear instruction there in the side of church discipline. Not trying to equate that text automatically to this situation, but there's a clear instruction. It's not if your brother differs from you, go and tell him his fault. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we boy, should be... 
I feel like you and I would have way more conversations than we do. <laughs> Matthew 18 would be thrown all over the place. Sure. <laughs> that's and, not true. And I think, you know, like that's one of the things that we have to remember. And I keep driving that that final section of what John says in verse 17 home in the fact that John is saying those who love God abide forever and they seek to do his will. Well, that is often a common thing uh, that Christians ask. How do I seek to do God's will? Well, know what God desires. Well, then they often ask, how do I know what God desires? Be just... Open your Bible. Abiding in his word. (laughs) Know his word. Read through it. Study it. Ask difficult questions. And ask, you know, one of the things is, I grew up in a family of fishermen. Um, Swearing is part of the natural vocabulary in there. And I'm not trying to pitch that that's fine. I'm just saying where other brothers are finding any reference of cursing as like, absolutely not, how dare you ever say that. Mm -hmm. To me, that's been a hard thing to learn. And and so not trying to pitch condoning for it, but like as I was studying through Ephesians, the more in which I heard Paul talk about, you are children of light, walk in this way, desire the pleasurable things, I really began to ask myself some questions. Is is what I'm valuing reflective of, of what God values, or am I kind of going off in the in the flesh? And so I think we have to we have to be rooted in God's word. Because that's where we're really beginning to examine, well, do I do I love the world or do I love God? How do I mm-hmm. know what God's desires are? I need to know I need to know Christ and the Word. Yeah, and, and we need to be discerning and understand that there are many things in this world that need to be rejected. Right? Yeah. That and again, I, I'm coming from <laughs> It, it is coming from more of the counseling side, I guess, but th- 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 there's some fire you just don't play with. Sure. Right? I, you know, one of the things I talked about was even how there are certain things that are called Christian that have compromised that I don't think are, are helpful for the Christian. You know, there are so Christian many... Christian radio. Yeah, Christian radio let's, is a great let's, example. Let's, there's a popular... Let's call it out. Yeah. In fact, there's a popular documentary I've seen a few people post online that's on Hulu. Um and it is about the Christian music industry, and th- three out of the four, um, three out of the four people who are highlighted in there have wildly compromised oh, sure. in their faith, yeah. and either have gone off into a very worldly mentality or a heretical belief system. Well, and it's important for people to know too. I, I have some friends that are in the in the Christian or were in the Christian music industry. They're all owned by the same companies. The, I'm, I'm not kidding. The Christian, the Christian music industry is simply a subcategory of the other major genres that are out there because they created it to make money. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying that everyone in the Christian in music industry is compromised like that, but the Christian music industry is a business, and, sure. and it's important to view it as such. Right. Right. There's yeah. going to be some good stuff that come out of it, but there are so many. Well, it's why when you right. search for gospel on a music app, you know, gospel music, you find everything from Johnny Cash to the Gaithers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we need to be yeah. discerning. We, we do. And that's why you need to be abiding in God's word, right? But but this isn't, this discernment, right, isn't just something that we need to, act, that we need to um, utilize when dealing with the things of the world. We need to utilize it with the things that are slapped Christian, movies, music, books, uh, you know, um, right. websites, podcasts. There are there's so much junk out there that people throw the term Christian on that you would be much more edified, like 
watching a non-Christian movie than you would listening to this thing. Right. right? I, or, I think yeah, yeah. especially as some of the Christian content we see, you know, some of which we've talked about how we've grown up with in, in prior conversations. Yeah, yeah. There are some of those things which are merely trying to copy the ways of the world and use the term Christian. And they do it so, very badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to be incredibly discerning. And, yeah. and again, I think the resolve is asking the question, how do we seek to do God's will? Well, we have to desire what God desires. Well, how do we seek to desire what God desires? We need to know him and his word. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And, and ask yourselves those questions. Is this thing I'm listening to, watching, reading, is this actually causing me to give God glory? And, and enjoyment is one of those things, but it's not the only one, right? Is this creating in me a heart of thankfulness for the gift that God has given me and how I am enjoying it through this way? And if you're honest with yourself about that, which we can all be honest with ourselves about, um, that answer is either going to be yes or it's going to be no. And I think that's usually the, the spirit communicating to you through your conscience as to whether or not you should be engaging in that particular thing. So, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, again, we've acknowledged there's there's much that could be said, but the, the heart of this is to provide some pa- practical application around these questions. Um, and I think we, we definitely need the word and we need the, we need the local church where we're held accountable to the clear commands of the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't live in secret, right? Be, Amen. Be, or in isolation. Or in isolation, right? Right? Like, we need that accountability. Like, I need people to know, like, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, things like that, right? And if you feel like you got to hide it, that's probably an issue. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah, good observation. Right? I'm, I'll, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. <laughs> All right, David. Well, I think we, uh, I think we killed the horse on that one. We we beat it and it's we, dead. We kicked yeah, it. A few times. We kicked it a few times. Yeah. So, um, we thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we hope that this at least gave you, hopefully, answered some questions. Maybe give you a template to answer the question yourself, right? Because yeah. it's a conscience issue. It's going to be the answer is going to be different for every Christian as their consciences are informed individualistically. Uh, through through scripture right so i think those are some good frameworks though for for people to utilize absolutely right? and as you think towards next week be be remembering that we'll be uh celebrating resurrection sunday oh, so our subject right. will be a little bit different so be really thinking on questions around the there's resurrection. no practical application to the resurrection oh there's what, so what are you much. talking about so and don't forget the the booklet that we provided to help walk through that weekend that's right that's right. Well, if you guys have any other questions, whether you are members at Redeemer or listening abroad at any other churches, um, we thank you guys for listening. You can reach the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PracticaPod. There's a website as well, PracticaPod.com, where you can submit questions, um, listen to the most recent app, all that good stuff. Um, if you're a member at Redeemer, you have your elders you can reach out to. Um, you can find me on the socials all over the place. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yes, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Everyone, have an awesome week. We'll catch you on the next episode of Practica Podcast. Awesome. Later. I don't know. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Stop listening. (laughs) 